Good morning and welcome to our Unitarian Universalist congregation. I'm Karen Mills and I serve this community as president, as co-director of Coriolis with Gordon Ritchie, and as your service leader this morning. We gather this, with gratitude this morning on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all our children. I welcome all of you to our service, especially those of you who are searching for a spiritual home. Many of us were once, too, seeking for something larger than ourselves to which we could belong, a sense of rootedness to hold us as we create meaning together. We do that well here, not always perfectly, but well. This morning we have a first service in what will be our theme for this month, Finding each other. I'll talk about the many ways I've seen people find one another here at UCE. And whether it's your first time in worship with us or your hundreds, I hope you'll find here questions that stretch you, people that befriend you, and liberal religious values that challenge you to join as we search, learn, connect, and serve together. May we be reminded here of our highest aspirations and inspired to bring our gifts of service to the altar of humanity. May we know once again that we are not isolated beings, but are connected in mystery and miracle to the universe, to this community, and to each other. And we'll begin with a prelude. We are here, here together. words this morning are by Richard Gilbert, a long-time Unitarian minister and beautiful writer. I think he had such a lovely way of capturing what is often hard to describe in words. He says, we meet on holy ground, brought into being as life encounters life, as personal histories merge into the communal story, as we take on the pride and pain of our companions, as separate selves become community. How desperate is our need for one another? Our silent beckoning to our neighbors, our invitations to share life and death together, our welcome into the lives of those we meet, and their welcome into our own. May our souls capture this treasured time. May our spirits celebrate our meeting in this time and in this space, for we meet on holy ground. To light our chalice this morning, I've asked Dorothy Keeler to, well, I sort of voluntold her, actually. Uh, but there's a method behind my madness, which you'll find out later. But we'll be talking all about connections this morning and how we find one another. Dorothy has been responsible for a lot of connections in this building and through our faith. 
she volunteered in the church school in the days when we had 160 kids in the church school. She served on the board on more than one occasion. She chaired the committee that oversaw the renovation and opening of this space as the new home for UCE in 2005. And she helped create the UCE walking group that goes walking each Friday morning. And those are just a few of the things that she's done. But I would now invite her to come forward and light our chalice. As we kindle this flame, may it spark in each of us connection and commitment to this living tradition and to each other. And if we have representatives for the children and youth, I'd invite them to come forward and light their lanterns now, their chalices. And as we're talking about connection this morning and finding one another, um, the children and youth are going to stay in as we share silent candles of care and celebration. One, so that we all are reminded of how large our community is and the age range that lives here. And two, so that we can be reminded through the service of all the care and connection that is represented as we meet every week. So if you have a candle that you'd like to light, I invite you to come forward. And as you do, the choir will sing for you. One last candle to acknowledge the care, the concern, the joys, the sorrows, the celebrations that are carried in all of our hearts and minds in this room and for the community that allows us to bear those together. And now invite the children to go to their classes and as they do, let's sing them out with Guide You on Your Way.
invite you to join me in a responsive reading. And your part is not so much a responsive reading because you don't have the words printed in your order of service. But I'd invite you to respond with the words, we travel this road together. We travel this road together. From the busyness of every day, we gather once a week to remember who we are, to dream of who we might become. We travel this road together. As companions on this journey, we share the milestones we meet along the way. Individual moments of joy and sorrow become shared moments of comfort and celebration. We travel this road together. We share this journey across differences of belief and opinion because we value diversity and because we care for one another. We travel this road together. Today, as we take the next steps, let us notice our fellow travelers, the burdens that they carry, the songs that inspire their hearts. We travel this road together. As we gather in beloved community, let us open the holy havens of our hearts. Let us share the sacred places of our souls, for we are pilgrims who share a common path. We travel this road together. Let us sing together now hymn number 1008, When Our Heart is in a Holy Place.
Part of the connectedness and the sharing that we do here is also a sharing of our abundance and our gratitude for being able to do that sharing. Many of our members contribute uh, in all different sorts of ways through automatic deposits every month, through checks in plates, through huge donations when good times fall. All of those are appreciated. To share the gratitude out to the larger community, every month we identify a charity and half of the unidentified contributions are shared with that group. And to look who it was. Ah, the Turkey Drive, of course. So CBC Turkey Drive will be our charity for this month. As we take the offering, Coriolis has another piece to offer to you.
I'd like to read The Grout by Marcus Hartley. The Unitarian Universalist congregation where I served as an intern made a mosaic tree of life the summer before I arrived. Congregants of all ages came together to craft the tree's leaves using bits and pieces of broken ceramics, jewelry, glass, and stone. There are many precious personal items in the tree, including fragments of the Berlin Wall, a father's watch face, pieces of great-grandmother's china, and a key to the front door where we used to live. Like the members of the community that brought them together, each part is imbued with memories and meaning. Each fragment holds a piece of truth. Unitarian Universalists are mosaic makers. We are a people who bring together the broken pieces of our histories and the shining pieces of our seeking and piece by piece create a mosaic religion. Our tree of life is found in the stories of our living tradition. The beat from a transformational moment of worship at a youth conference, the bit of paper stamped with the blazing emblem of the Unitarian Service Committee that saved lives during World War II, the button or patch on a backpack that proudly proclaims the first justice issue that lit our souls on fire, But our mosaic making tells another story, too, one that is often more difficult to see, one that is essential to the purpose of religious community, one that lies not in the beautiful and broken bits and pieces, but in the grout. So what is grout? It's the chalky, gritty stuff that is squeezed between the cracks of tiles. In a mosaic, the grout holds the image together, unifying disparate pieces into a whole. The grout of a community takes years to lay and settle. Grout happens in board meetings, in committing meetings, and endless emails and slow-moving institutions. It is in weekly potlucks shared by neighbors, a ride to church, and coffee in the social hall after worship. While the folks who show up for church only on Christmas and Easter will hopefully enjoy the beauty of the mosaic they find, they may never know the power of the grout that holds it through the seasons of life. We help to make the grout when we learn each other's names and when we reach out across generational divides. We help to make the grout when we show up Sunday morning without having checked first to see if we're interested in the sermon topic. When a newborn arrives to be blessed by the community, it is the grout that enables us to welcome them. And it is the grout that we rest when we gather to grieve and memorialize a loved one who has died. Hold us, O grout. Gather us in through time and space and make all our broken pieces whole in community. In our multiplicity, make us one. From each of our jagged edges, give us the shape of a communal beauty. I love that reading. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorites. Because I think it so simply but beautifully captures what I see this community as, is a mosaic of beautiful jewels. Um, and yes, with my love of bling, you are all jewels. Um, but also that grout that's built over the years that is just that strong foundation that holds us all together. And there are those of us with different shapes and sizes and colors, 
Some have smooth, rounded edges. Some pieces are a little more jagged. Um, But like a mosaic of any kind, too, the more that you get to know it and the more that you know about the pieces that form it, the more beautiful the whole becomes. So I've been really lucky in my time at UCE to get to see the mosaic from many angles and from far away and then close up and to learn about the pieces that are in it and to hold them and examine them closely. For example, when I first came to UCE 28 years ago, which seems impossibly long, I saw the really vibrant support that the congregation had for the GLBTQ plus community, and that was beautiful. But then I got to know Stan Calder, who was this gentle, quiet human being. Um, Goodness. (laughs) And he came out to the congregation risking his job as a teacher because he said that they saved his life. And when when the UUA published The Welcoming Congregation, which was a series of workshops or a curriculum about how congregations become more welcoming, particularly to groups who suffer chronic discrimination, Stan taught those workshops here and across Western Canada. And so Stan found a place for himself here in this mosaic and I found a place for myself and deeper connection. Now, if you look over in Keeler Hall next door, you'll see a labyrinth that's built into the flooring. And it's interesting even if you don't know anything more about it. But it holds a special beauty for me because I knew Bonnie Kyle. And Bonnie uh, met me early on in my UCE days, and she had the most beautiful complexion just like alabaster with these lovely rosy cheeks and really sparkling kind eyes. She also had a very loving, gentle soul that just absolutely shone, uh, especially when she led labyrinth walks. And for years, she guided people within the congregation and welcomed people from without through her labyrinth walks. And one of her dreams was to have a labyrinth permanently established in the church, and now it's here and it makes our mosaic more beautiful. Now, in my earlier years, I also encountered some of the, shall I say, sharper or rougher pieces of our mosaic. I will never forget the first service that I, the first regular service that I attended. So I'd come to a lot of summer services before, and that's a whole other story. But the first regular service that I attended, I knew this wasn't, you know, your run-of-the-mill church, and I was prepared for that. What I was not prepared for was reading the hymns. And so I chalked it up to the fact that there just wasn't a pianist that day and thought, okay, that's, you know, we're making do as best we can, until I was uh, set straight by one of the senior women, and I I mean senior both in terms of age and control, uh, who said when she found out that I had some musical background and inclination, well, that's very nice, dear, but we don't sing. That's what I did. (laughs) And and, and you'll be happy to know it turned out not to be true. We we do sing. And as I got to know her, I also found that though she maybe had that one sharp edge, she had a lot of other facets that collected light in different ways and really acted as a beacon to bring lots of people into Unitarian Universalism. I also got to know Bernie Keeler. So Dorothy lit our chalice this morning. Bernie was the other half of the dynamic duo that Keeler Hall is named after. 
I was terrified of him for about the first probably two years that I was here. Yeah, I'm seeing a few nods. Bernie was UCE's treasurer almost forever, I think, and so always a very strong voice at congregational meetings. He had a very quick mind and didn't suffer fools quietly. What I came to know as I stayed through and saw him work and got to work with him a little bit is that he also had a very quick wit, which he absolutely delighted in sharing. He had this little elfish twinkle that would come up when he was about to deliver a line. He had limitless patience for anyone who made an effort. And he had an absolutely fierce love for Unitarianism and for this congregation. And so in my mosaic, I always see him as a piece of tiger's eye. So kind of dark and foreboding at first glance, but that inner core that just shines through. These are just a few of the jewels and the grout that make up my UC mosaic. I found so many individuals here that have made my world more rich, more colorful, and more beautiful. And it's through the finding of one another that that happens. And I'm especially reminded this morning, and I was so glad that I saw it, this necklace that I'm wearing today was a gift for playing at the wedding of Stella and Bryce, who found one another through this congregation. It took them decades to get to that realization, (laughs) but they made it, and I got the jewelry to prove it, so it's all good. It's it's like the lyrics say in the song for good, which we're going to sing as our closing words today. It says, so much of me is made of what I learned from you. You'll be with me like a handprint on my heart. And now whatever way our stories end, I know you've written mine by being my friend. So I think of all the newcomers who've helped me develop qualities of being a gracious host. There have been the children in the RE classes who have rekindled my sense of play and fun and wonder. And individuals who disagreed with me and questioned my beliefs helped me find in myself a resolve and a foundation that wouldn't be as strong without them. And all of those who came before and continue to come to UCE helped me find the satisfaction humbleness and gratitude that comes from being part of something bigger than myself. So in finding each other, as our reading said, our individual moments of joy and sorrow become shared moments of comfort and celebration. And I really think that's what our reading's author meant when he said, we help to make the grout when we learn each other's names and when we reach across the generations. Grout happens in board meetings and committee meetings and endless emails. And it's the potlucks shared by neighbors, a ride to church and coffee in the social hour after worship. So as our reading said, hold us, O grout. Gather us in through time and space. Make all our broken pieces whole in community. In our multiplicity, make us one. And from each of our jagged edges, give us the shape of a communal beauty. Blessed be. Please join me in singing hymn number 1029, Love Knocks and Waits for Us to Hear.
As we prepare for a time of quiet meditation, I give you these words by Emma Merchant. I've never been particularly attached to the idea of family. Do you know the Swiss family, Robinson? It's a story of how a family worked together and survived. It never reached beyond a story for me. It never occurred to me that some people actually felt this way towards their bloodline, that the lineage was sacred. To me, it always seemed that blood could be spilled. I've always felt that when people identify family as something important or universal, what they are truly addressing is unconditional love. It's not to say that I hate the idea of family. I've always been more enchanted by the idea of chosen family. The thought that we are each making a choice to be here in this family, in this community, is powerful. We've actually chosen to come and be here. I'm not stuck with you because I'm your cousin. I'm not allowed to be rude. I could leave if I wanted to, but I don't because of the way that we have each nurtured this community. I choose to be stuck with you for better or for worse. And we have continuously made this choice over and over again. Every time we attend worship, every time we donate our time and energy, every time we clasp hands in meditation is a promise. I am here for you. The DNA of this community may be metaphorical, but it exists within me. My heart beats with the blood of this church, pounding out, I choose you. I am here. This is a safe place, a place of learning, a place of compassion, a place created by the very idea of love. We chose to build a sanctuary because we chose to be together. There is no use for a church of people who hate each other or a church of ghosts. We make the choice to stay stuck together even if we don't even want to be in the same room. But we always come back to the table because we choose to be together. Through thick and thin, we have chosen love. And at hard times, 
struggling times, times that we face every day, we come together even closer. We make the choice to listen to each other. We make the choice to pick each other up. And we make the choice to love each other. We have built this community with our commitment to that love. We all have many different reasons for being here, but I think we all have one common reason for being here. Love. Over everything else, we are here because we are people who choose love. We do not have a bloodline, but we have a deep, unconditional love that runs through us all. We choose that love. We choose each other. Our hearts echo, I choose you, I am here. I am here. I am here. Let us enter into the silence together.
Sometimes in our lives we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. These are our words for our closing hymn. Let's join this together. Stand as you are willing and able as we join in singing hymn number 1021, Lean on Me, 1021. be seated. Closing words are by Amy Zucker Morgan Stern. May all our hours together be blessed as this one has been by open-hearted sharing, learning from one another, and making beautiful harmonies together. And may we greet one another we encounter with the same acceptance and grateful kinship Until we meet again, blessed be. The choir has a postlude, following which we will sing together our closing song and then have announcements.
The chalice is extinguished, but not the light that lives on. Oh, my goodness sake, I didn't care. I love this place. (laughs) But its light lives on in the minds and the hearts and the souls of each one of us. 
carry this flame with you as you leave this place and share it with those you know, those you love, and most especially with those you've yet to meet. We have spent time together and these holy moments give us strength to go down the winding road until we meet again. We have spent time together It's our tradition to rise as you're willing and able to join hands as we sing together our closing song, Carry the Flame.